So a little, a little before uh, 1973, uh, when I was nine years old, uh, we moved across town. Now, um, my parents had six children. Um, people ask me all the time about birth order and where do I fall in the birth order. And it's so confusing, y'all, because my mom had four children in five years, and I was the fourth. And then she took a five-year break and decided that it was time to have more children. And then she had number five, and then two years later had number six. And so, honestly, I'm the youngest in the first family, <laughs> which I refer to as the intended family when I'm talking to my younger brothers. I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of the second family. And I'm the middle of the entire family. So I, I have no idea where I fall. I don't understand birth order things. If, that, if it affects your personality, then I guess I have multiple personalities. I don't know. But when I was nine, having six children, we moved to a bigger house. It was just a few miles across town. But what it did was it put us uh, about a about a half a block or a block from my grandparents. And so behind my house, I could walk out my back door and cross one street and be at my grandfather's. My grandfather, uh, all through my childhood, was my favorite person in the whole world. I loved being with my grandfather. And, uh, you know, we spent time together. We did all sorts of things together. And um, actually, my grandfather... Be, you'd be interested to know, gave me my first cup of coffee. And so I, I, was, I was eight. So this has been going on for a long time. But when I was 11, now this house that we moved into when I was nine, there's an interesting thing about it. The, the, the yard, it was landscaped on all four sides, but there was one section beyond the backyard that, that was not landscaped at all. It was just kind of weedy and grown up and, and uh, just a mess. And it was about the size of our basketball court out here. And if you, in your mind right now, you're picturing that basketball court, and I promise you, you're picturing it smaller than it actually is. So you go out there and look at it today uh, after I tell you about this. So my grandfather decided that that grown-up area would make a great garden. I was 11, and he said, hey, Tom, we're going to make a garden out here. And I thought that was a fabulous idea because it meant that I would get to spend extra time with my grandfather. And so we set out to make that area a garden. And here's what you need to know about that. Our tools consisted of a swing blade with a broken handle, a rake whose head kept coming off, and a hoe. We had no tiller. And so my grandfather, he, he liked to teach me about work. And the way that he taught me about work was he gave me work to do and then he watched me do it. And so he gave me that swing blade with a broken handle and said, clear that out, get it down, you know, about ankle high. It was about this high. 
And so I, I worked for days clearing that out. We finally got it cleared out. And then he said, okay, now we're just going to mow it down lower. So we, get, we did have a lawnmower, so we mowed down a little bit lower. And then he handed me the hoe. And he did use the rake a little bit. But I hoed and I hoed and I hoed until it was just dirt. Yeah. And, I mean, that was our tiller, that hoe. And then we planted, and we planted tomatoes, corn, and peas. And then, you know, we put water on it and waited for the sun to do its job. But then my grandfather told me, he said, you keep this hoe. And uh, he took the other tools back home with him. But he said, you keep this hoe. And you need to weed this garden. You need to watch for weeds. And when a weed pops up, you just dig it out. And I said, yes, sir, I can do that. Now, how often do I need to do that? And he said, every day. (laughs) And suddenly I realized this was not a great idea. (laughs) This was a horrible idea. This was stealing my childhood. (laughs) And uh, I, but I did it. I, I hoed and I weeded and I watched that garden and I watered it and pray, I prayed that it would rain so I wouldn't have to water it. All right, so I told you, we planted tomatoes, corn, and peas. You know, you know what we got? We got tomato, corn, and peas because that's what we planted. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You get what you plant. And so my question today is, what are you planting? What are you planting? I want to read a couple of passages of Scripture. First is from 2 Corinthians 9, beginning at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed To the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And then I also want to read from Galatians chapter 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. We reap what we sow. And sometimes uh, we plant one thing and expect to get something else, right? Um, Now, this this is not a message on giving, but you can apply it to that if you want. Um, It it can be a message on giving if you want to make it that. but you know, the Bible says clearly that God wants us to give. He, he wants to cultivate generosity in us. You know why? 
because he wants us to receive abundantly and you reap what you sow. And some of us are selfish but expect generosity in return and it just doesn't work that way. And so uh, the question is, what are, what are you planting uh, and what are you expecting? And I want to look at this in, in a couple of different ways. If, and, and I just want to say again clearly that if you plant apples, you're going to get apples. If you plant apples, you're not going to get oranges. Okay? If you plant apples, you're not going to get oranges. And so you have to pay attention to what you plant because what you plant is what you get. All right? So we're going to look at this uh, through different, several different uh, aspects of our life. Number one is uh, your thoughts. So what are, you, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? What, what thoughts are you planting? Because the things that you think about will produce fruit in your life. Okay? Uh, when you have time to think, some of you are thinking, wow, when will I have time to think? When you, when you have time to think about anything, you know, not focused on you know, work or you know, problem solving or something like that, but when you just have some time, some miracle of life has happened and you have some free time and you're resting or maybe you're driving in a car, maybe you're going for a walk in the woods and you can think about anything. What do you think about where, do you, where does your mind go? Listen to these words from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Sow a thought, you reap an action. Sow an act, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character. Sow a character, you reap a destiny. Uh, there's a woman named Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Carolyn Leaf, I should say. She's for 30 years uh, studied the, the mind and, and, and how it works and how thoughts affect our lives. And she says that when you think, you build thoughts, and these become physical substances in your brain. Your thoughts becomes, become physical substances in your brain that have an impact on how you live. What you think about has an impact on how you live. You reap what you sow. And so if you constantly think about defeat, being defeated, being sad, being depressed, uh, being unloved, being unaccepted, being disqualified, being angry, if you constantly think about how horrible everything is, guess what you'll get? You'll reap what you sow. And, you know, you know, that whole idea of focusing on the good, you know, the Bible says to think about what is pure and noble and lovely. That's not just wishful thinking. It's godly thinking. Uh, God is calling us uh, to focus our thought life in a positive direction because you reap what you sow. So what about your time? What about your time? You, you, you reap what you sow. What, if, what do you do with your time? When you have time, 
When you, if, if you were to look at your life and, and to kind of measure out your life and say, this is how I spend my time, what would you reap? What are you sowing with your time? You know, is your time just go to work, 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 come home, collapse, get up the next day, work, 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 come home, collapse? If, if you're sowing work, if that's all you're sowing, guess what you're going to get? Work. Is that what you want? So you reap what you sow in your work life. And, and it's not just uh, that. You, know, you reap what you sow with your time, the choices that you make. When you have a choice of how to spend time, what, what does that show about your priorities? You reap what you sow. What about your money? Uh, we, it's been said for a long time that if you really want to know what a person values, look at their checkbook. So what, what about your money? Now, I'm not suggesting you not pay your bills. I know you have to pay your bills. Go ahead and pay your bills. But with the leftover money, and some of you are going, what is that? <laughs> when you have a choice, you have, you have some money in your hand, you have a choice, where does it go? Where does it go? And so I'll, I want to suggest to you that how you spend your money has an impact, not just on the thing that you purchase, but it has an impact on the value that you are sowing in your life because you reap what you sow, right? Okay, so what about your words? What about your words? What about your speech? What about the things that you say? What about the things you say to other people? What about the things you say about other people? What about the things that you say under your breath about yourself? Your words. You reap what you sow, what you speak. God has given us this incredible gift of language, incredible gift of communication. And we have a choice with our words to bless or curse. And some of us curse and expect to be blessed, and it doesn't work that way. If you curse, you'll be cursed. If you bless, you'll be blessed because you reap what you sow in your speech. I mentioned work a minute ago. What about how you go about your work? You reap what you sow. Are you honest in your work? Or do you cut corners? Are you lazy? Uh, do you expect other people to carry your share of the load or you, do you do what you're supposed to do? You reap what you sow. Some of us want everybody else to do our share, but we want to share in, in the reward. We don't want to work as hard as others, but we want to be rewarded as hard as, as much as others. You reap what you sow. What about family? What about your family? What are you giving to your family? Well, 
What are you communicating to your family as far as their priority in your life? What are you investing in your family? What about spouses? What are you sowing in that relationship? Are you sowing complaining and expecting encouragement in return? If you sow complaining and you get encouragement, you are married to an angel. (laughs) Because you reap what you sow. What about your children? What, What are you sowing into your children? Are you sowing into your children the, the idea that you really don't have time for them and yet expecting them to live life as if they felt valued and cared about? Are you neglecting them but expecting them to make you proud? Reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. What about your church? Do you know that you reap what you sow there too? So what what are you reaping? Or what are you sowing? Are you sowing complaining? Are you sowing criticism? Are you sowing anger? Disappointment? Frustration? Well, guess what? If you sow criticism, you'll get get a critical spirit. That's what you'll get in return. If you sow criticism, you will not all of a sudden wake up one morning and go, wow, I've been sowing criticism for so many years, and now all of a sudden I am the most gracious, generous, kind person. I didn't know that the key to that was criticism. Wow. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. If you sow criticism, you'll reap a critical spirit. If you sow generosity, generosity will come to you. If you sow generosity, abundance will come. Blessing from God. I will back up and say this. I'll kind of, just for a minute, make this about giving and just say this to you about giving because some of you want to know this and need to know this. If this is your church, you're supposed to give. You are. And you know why? It's not because we need your money. Because the truth is, we don't. We don't need your money, and this is why I say that. It's because we're fully trusting in God to provide for us. And we believe that if we do what God wants us to do, that he will give us what we need to do that. But guess who loses if you don't give? You do. Because if you sow selfishness or fear or poverty, that's what you're going to get. And you don't need any of those things. You need generosity. You want the Lord to be generous towards you, right? And so that's what you need to sow. If that's what you want to reap, that's what you need to sow. And when the Lord says he loves a cheerful giver, you know why he loves a cheerful giver? Well, he's not crazy about whiners, for one thing, but... (laughs) But the reason that he loves a cheerful giver is because cheerful givers are generous, which means that the floodgates are open up for him to give back. And he loves giving back 
Am I right, Ed? <laughs> Ed knows. He knows. So, what are you sowing? What are you expecting to reap? What about just your life in general? Okay? We talked a couple of weeks ago about faith, hope, and love. Is that what you're sowing in your life? Or if you're sowing faith, hope, and love, y'all, guess what you're going to get? Faith, hope, and love. If you're sowing anger, distrust, fear, criticism, you're not going to get faith, hope, and love. You're going to get anger, fear, criticism, and whatever the other thing was I said. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? This is a spiritual principle. It's a physical principle. If you plant apples, you get apples. Unless there's a drought, then you don't get anything. But if you plant apples, you get apples. If you plant oranges, you get oranges. Those are physical principles. There's a spiritual principle as well that the Bible talks about of sowing and reaping. And Galatians says it clearly. God will not be mocked. A person will reap what they sow. And so we want to we want to sow mercy. We want to sow grace. We don't want to sow judgment towards others. We don't. We want to sow mercy and grace. We want to sow love. We want to sow compassion. We want to sow kindness and generosity. We want to sow faithfulness because you reap what you sow. We can't give one thing and expect something else in return. Does that make sense? Y'all get that? Okay. Let's choose then as the people of God to value what he values, to love what he loves, and to give ourselves to the things that matter to him. Knowing that we will reap what we sow. Let's give ourselves to kindness, to generosity, to love, to faith, to hope, so that those things can be reaped. Now, we're going to pray uh, for people Uh, And I want to uh, invite our teams to come and get in place. And as as we do this, I just want to say to you, uh, the thing I mentioned at at the very beginning, um, we would love to pray for you if if that's something that you're struggling. Um, Nobody's going to know. Don't be afraid to come for prayer because people come for for prayer for all sorts of things. And we're not going to make you raise your hand. Uh, You have... You can come up here in, in anonymity. Uh, only the, t- the, t- the uh, team that prays for you will know what you need prayer for. And they'll only know if you tell them. 
or so. Um, but if, if you struggle in any of these other things, or if you just want to say to God today, I want to make a choice uh, about what I sow, because I want to reap blessing from God. I want, I want to reap generosity and grace and joy and peace and love, all these things that, that are the things that God wants for you. If you want to make a choice today, that you recognize, you know what, I've probably been too critical. Uh, I've probably, you know, have fallen into the habit of, of talking about people and saying things, you know, having a critical spirit about things and people and ideas and politicians and all that stuff. And you just want to say, I, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to sow division. I don't want to sow judgment. I don't want to sow anger. I don't want to sow criti criticism. I want to sow faith, faith, hope, and love. Okay? If that's you and you want to come, we would love to pray for you and, and pray with you in that regard. Okay? All right. So, won't you stand?